0: Richard Dr. Mbenga, emergency. Lieutenant Ortegas is injured. Coming up, an alien consciousness traps Dr. Mbenga and the Enterprise crew in a real life children's fairy tale.
1: All hail! The King! king.
2: And Dr. Mbenga's critically ill daughter goes
0: missing. Where is Wakia? She's gone. We break down this week's episode and reveal the top three moments that made this episode of Strange New Worlds peculiar and unexpectedly touching. All this and more coming up on Energize. 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 We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe before James T. Kirk. You're listening to
2: Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. Uh, uh, This week, the USS Enterprise becomes stuck in a nebula that is home to an alien
0: consciousness. Dr. Mbenga and the crew suddenly and unwittingly become characters straight from the pages from one of Dr. Mbenga's daughter's children's books. Is there a connection with Dr. Mbenga's terminally ill daughter and the alien consciousness? Here's a Warp Speed recap of Strange New Worlds, Episode 8, The Elysian Kingdom. All hail the king. Is this
1: some kind of a joke, Captain? Hammer, am I glad to see you. Are we the only two crew members who are unaffected? It would appear so. When I scan the nebula, I find evidence of a single life form, including brain activity. And yet, there is no sign of a physical body. You must not take the child. I need you to stop this fantasy. You're putting my crew in danger. If needs of your crew are inconsequential. You must must protect the child. If I leave. the
0: child will die. So I think Anthony, we both admit that after watching the preview last week, we started to go, uh oh boy. Here, here it is. <laughs> And I think you even said, "Oh, this is the episode where they weren't going to spend any money."
2: Oh yeah, this is the this is the episode where they've completely run out of budget. They have to save up for episodes nine and ten because usually uh, episodes the last two episodes of a season are a two parter. So you got to put all your budget into the special effects and everything that's going to go into that particular episode. So I was like, "Okay." After I saw <laughs> the um, the teaser, I was completely just like, "What is this? What is this? What is yeah, this?" They finally I, did it. They finally finally did it. They finally yeah. dressed the ship up,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the just like, okay. Yeah, they didn't. They <laughs> didn't even bother like building a kingdom set and all that stuff. You're right. It's crazy, but it made sense. It actually made sense the way they made it make sense. Um, but if it's if it is a budgetary question, then yeah, draping the bridge with uh, and putting uh, f- uh, fake uh, vines all over. Uh, engineering is yeah, it's kind of weak. Chief Medical Officer's personal log. Star
1: date twenty three forty one point six. The patient's condition has not improved. She has so little time left.
0: I I I, I was happy to see that this would be an Embenga story. I I liked what they did when they set him up in the beginning with his daughter, and that's where we open up. He's reading her a story. You know, he's read it to her a million times. She's there sitting in her seat. She's just been, you know, materialized from the buffer. Her name is Rokia. And I like that he reads her real handheld books. I think that's a charming piece to this story.
1: Daddy, finish the story. You need to go back in, Rokia. Just finish it with me. Please.
2: That is a nice touch. And I think the broader point that i've really enjoyed the most is that you have a very dedicated father and as you and i are dads we can relate to that in in so many ways when you have a a sick child and in his case a terminally ill child that he's fighting just to keep alive and that's you know i've really enjoyed that storyline i've really enjoyed seeing him put his heart and soul into it into trying to find a cure trying to save her even though it's putting his duties as the chief uh, chief medical officer on the Enterprise in Jeopardy.
0: Yeah, and and I was wondering how that would happen. And you and I were trying to figure out, you know, is this why there's a McCoy in the Kirk Enterprise and not a Dr. M. Benga? Is, you know, what happens? Is he demoted? What, what goes on there?
1: And now King Gridley was gravely outnumbered. I hate and, this part. But you wanted me to read it to you. I know. It's just... I always wish the huntress would come along and help.
0: Here he is reading this story and she you know, his daughter's asking, you know, I don't like this ending. Why can't it be changed? And he's like, well, this is what the story is. And she's like, why not? Why can't we change the story? Why can't there be a different ending? What he tells her
2: is that at least with this story about this, this kingdom, that the point is, is that a choice has to be made.
0: Yeah, boy, do we, we figure that out later, exactly. Um, he says, this is the story, and it's important that this king has to make a choice. And then it's, you know, time to go back into the pattern buffer. Um, but you get a sense here, this time, something's gonna change. Something's gonna be different. This is, we're, we're episode eight. There's gonna be some kind of change to this story between the two of them.
2: Uh, definitely, I mean, we've been building up to this the whole entire season. But coming off of that, her wanting to change the ending, and, 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 and you can tell that maybe there's a part of her that realizes that she's missing time. I mean, I think she knows she's missing time, but I, I think that there's a, that I got a sense that maybe she's tired of it. I know he's tired of it. And so it just sent him on a tizzy to try to you know figure out a, a curing. He just, it, it drove him into this obsession that he was neglecting his duties.
1: Doctor, the shuttle crew landed several hours ago. Is there a reason they haven't been cleared for active duty yet? I'm sorry. I must have gotten a little lost in my research. Number one had to show up uh, down in the medical
2: bay to remind him that there was something that needed to be done. The shuttle crew was coming back, and it needed to be, as anybody coming back from an away mission, needs to be medically cleared to to be on the ship. And she, I, I think what I really liked about how number one approaches. She's always going to be empathetic, and she put that first, first and foremost before reminding him that he was neglecting his duties, basically, and that he, you know, he has a responsibility.
1: I sympathize with your duties as a father, but I also have to remind you of your duties as our chief medical officer.
0: Understood, commander. Yeah, and and they've had this. I like their relationship. I wrote this note particularly. That Una and Mbenga have this, they they have a secret together. She knows about Rokia, his daughter, and hasn't said anything about it. Uh, But before she comes down, he's like, you know what, maybe I can find one more thing. And he's in his little shop there. And again, it's, you know what I like about this show is there's so much retro going on. It's almost steampunk in a way, because they're like... You know they're showing a a, a book. They're using the old communicators, the old phasers, and here he is in his lab mixing powders and chemicals. And it's not the you know it's it's like real medicine, and I find that fascinating. And of course, right in the middle of it, it explodes in his face, literally. (laughs) And then a nice little force field to remind you that we're in the uh, twenty third century. Right, exactly. It's like contained, but not before it gets into his brain, and you wonder, well, okay, well, what's going on here?
1: You can see to the landing party when you're feeling better. I am fine. Take it as an order, then, Doctor. The crew isn't going anywhere, and neither is Rakia.
2: And uh, when back to Number One coming in, I, what I've what I've really appreciated over the course of the season is is that Number One's character. You've seen multiple dimensions of her. She has different different sides of her and yeah. she's not a one, she's not a one dimensional character. I, I was kind of worried at first that she would just be this hard ass, but now, um, you know, now we're seeing more and uh, she's, I can see her role on the ship.
0: Yeah, I can too. I would like to see in future episodes, maybe next season more of her. I, you know, we've got several, if not many seasons to, to bring her out, I'd like them to give her even more depth, more things to conquer. Uh, I, I I'm not sure yet they've really given her anything juicy except for when she was dealing with Laan and they went out on the um, the the bow of the Enterprise and saw the the Scour Square there, and that was kind of a nice moment for her. But yeah, that, she, was a, that was That was a nice more. moment.
2: Yeah, 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 definitely there was a nice moment in her backstory yeah. of her hiding. Yeah. The, the fact that she's an Illyrian. So yeah. um, that was, that was it was a good start. And you've seen yeah. her also as a counselor to Pike. Yeah. And so you've seen her in a nurturing role because she was nurturing to Pike and she's been nurture, nurturing to Dr. Mbinga. I can get used to this.
1: No battles, no chaos, just scanning a nebula and focusing on the science. Captain, you have repeatedly told me that humans have a superstition against calling attention to good things by saying them out loud.
0: So back on the bridge, it's time to get out of there There's some cute banter with Spock uh, Ortegas is like, okay, I'm ready to go, Captain And Pike is like, all right, let's 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 get out of this nebula But he's but first he's saying, you know, it's really nice just to sit here and stare at a nebula Isn't this better than, you know, getting chased and having gunfights and all the things that we've been going through And it was kind of a, a cute moment for Pike And it sets up, you know, what happens to him later, too we're not moving. Mitchell, what's going on with my ship?
1: All systems are in the green, sir, but we're frozen in place.
2: They get ready to take off and uh, they can't take off. Uh, something's blocking them, something in the nebula, you know, that they think is interfering with the uh, warp static field or something to that, you know, to right. that nature. And, uh, but then they they speak with Chief Hemmer and it's like, okay, well, we'll just go to impulse power, we'll right. impulse power our way out. And then when they, uh, they when they go to do that, um, Ortegas is knocked out. Ortegas, get us out of here.
0: Richards, Dr. Mbenga, emergency. Lieutenant Ortegas is injured. So, again, kind of a, a left turn here. You, they, they kind of get trapped. They can't go anywhere. Ortegas falls down. And, and we, we cut to the voice of Pike, you know, calling Mbenga to come up. And he's kind of in a weird zone. He's teetering and tottering. The camera's tilted a little. And we're thinking, you know, the stuff that he inhaled maybe is affecting him. And we cut to Mbenga. He's he's in sickbay and you know, he kind of looks dazed and he, the camera's tilted a little bit. And he's kind of teetering. And you think, OK, uh, this is going to this is going to do something.
1: The
2: king. King, the king. What the hell? And by the time he gets to the bridge, it's like you get some kind of confirmation that you know obviously that something's happened, and so this is the moment yeah. that I was just like,
0: I know, I think, uh, we were all boy. kind of dreading. I, I was dreading I, it. I thought too. You know, one of the things I don't like about medieval anything, to be honest is that little pan flute like that makes me crazy and luckily it didn't look like they put that (laughs) they didn't have that music in there i was so grateful if they had that i was gonna i don't know what i was gonna do
1: i came to see ortegas ortegas you mean sir adia come come sir adia from the book
0: he enters the bridge and he's in full, you know, regalia.
2: Yes, and I thought I was at a Ren Fair. I was just like, "Oh no, we're at yeah. Ren Fair now." Granted, I have been to a Ren Fair. I've had coworkers that 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 participated in a Ren Fair, and uh, I've enjoyed it. But not in my not in my sci fi because <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. I mean, I was just like, "Oh my God, this is so many so many of the episodes of the original series when we had to go that route," and I was yeah. just like, I, "I have to admit, I was taken out of it taken out of it for a moment because." Uh, here we are with some of the performances. Is this some kind of a joke, Captain?
1: If it is jokes you desire, I could summon the court jester.
0: Summon the court no. jester!
2: Hold the jester! Going this route, this is different. This episode, using this vehicle, yeah. it's different from... The episode "Spock Amok," uh, yeah. um, where humor was applied in a real-world sense, but yeah. now we're we're taking a step for, further and we're going fairy tale land. And so I was just I I was I was I had to push my way through these steps because what was happening was now we're seeing the actors playing yeah, yeah we're seeing the actors that play these characters actually stretch themselves a little bit further. And yeah. everybody everybody couldn't do it. Some people did it better than others. Perhaps your highness has parched. A sip of wine
0: would refresh you. It is my sworn duty to tend to the king's well-being. He shall drink nothing I have not tasted first. Totally agree.
2: Yeah, yeah this, this interrupted me enjoying it until much later.
0: Well, yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think you had to kind of get through the first half To really appreciate the second half. But I'll tell you, it didn't lose me as much as I thought it was going to. And I was pleasantly surprised by a couple of things. I thought Pike, being the coward, I thought he played that well and continued to play that well throughout the episode. Oh
2: yeah, or, that I'll agree because I, I made notations yeah. as to who did, who yeah. took me out. Ortega's yeah. performance, the the actress playing Ortega, yes, she does as well Adia. as Ortega, but she, she yeah, I, it, it took me out when she was doing. It. I think yeah. Pike, his expressions, I did enjoy that. It, his it, little uh, quips, yeah, his little great. quips. As I, so Anson Mal did a great job of pulling himself beyond Pike to play this right. other this other uh, fairy tale character, and I and I I did enjoy his performance. So I I wanted to make those kind of notations because it some things pull me in, some things pulling out, so I was being pulled in and out. Yeah, and and of course Doctor Mbinga because he's playing it
0: straight, you know, yeah. it was just fine. He's like, "What the hell is going on here?" He's Alice in Wonderland in this, and and the, the biggest thing that happens is he goes, "Look, I'm going to split right now. I'm going to go back down to sick bay, and I'm going to see what's going on." He cut. He gets down there, and the first person he encounters, of course, is Chapel. It is
1: wonderful to see you, King Ridley. What brings you to my sanctuary?
0: she's like full girl now she's like in this huge dress and she's got her hair up and she's just she's lovely
2: oh yeah and i was actually cracking up on her performance because she nailed it uh jess bush did
1: and what does your device say of me it seems your dopamine levels are highly elevated dopamine
2: she it just kind of like, what are you doing? What
0: is yeah. that? You know? Yeah. And
2: so I have to admit, that was the first time I actually laughed was just at her, at, at her just being kind of like, okay. Yeah. Right. And so it, it actually worked.
1: My dear, brave King Ridley, I'm so grateful to have finally found you.
2: But uh, And then La'an comes in there and well, it was nice to see Laon in a different, <laughs>
0: not being well, a hard ass. I will tell you, she stole the show for me and I have been critical of two of our characters, uh, how Ethan is uh, playing Spock and how La'Anne has kind of been a one-note person. And I think she just absolutely stole the show.
1: Queen
2: Nev has invaded my kingdom. She's obsessed with the Mercury Stone. She thinks I have it. Yes, and so Christina, Christina Chong, who plays Laan. Got the opportunity to actually stretch her legs, and I did appreciate that. It was just like, oh, okay, so she can smile.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, but she she flitters and she, you know, she's wearing this really adorable dress, and it's squeezing her boobs together, and she's just like, ah, and she's got the dog in her arms, and um, it was a. I mean, I almost didn't recognize her, but I I even thought they didn't use enough of her. I thought she was really good. Princess Talia is what she was called. <gasps>
1: Let me go! I'll have you court-martialed. Silence! Did you think your crimes would go unpunished, wizard? I'm not a wizard. I'm the chief engineer.
2: Then uh, all of a sudden we hear somebody being, uh, you know, screaming out, and it's it's Hemmer. He's been drugged through the hallway.
0: It doesn't sound right for the for the fairy tale. It's more like a Star Trek thing.
2: Right, and it was an immediate tip off that he was unaffected by whatever was affecting the rest of the crew. because right. clearly, because clearly, the doctor hasn't been affected, so now we have somebody else that isn't affected isn't affected as well. And yeah. so he was being being carted off by um, the the guard for the
0: queen.
1: Hammer, thank you please help me. Everyone else has lost their mind.
0: Yeah, and I was happy to see Hammer because we haven't seen him for a while. And as I mentioned, I I did some research on the actor who plays him, and he's just such an eclectic guy and so fascinating. I wanted to see more of him, and he seemed to, he seemed to kind of come out of his shell in this episode too. Yes, I
2: would say this the one of Hammer uh, was actually the secondary character in this or third, I guess because yeah. she was all the way through it. But yeah. it was nice to see. Himmer and see a different side of him, because it seemed like Himmer was, in a ways, actually having fun throughout this episode as they were trying to solve this issue.
0: Right. So for folks who don't didn't watch this and are listening to us for the recap, what's happening now is that, of course, uh, Dr. Mbenga is trying to get out of this fantasy world. He knows it's not real. And he has found that the ship is still intact. The humans are actually human. It's not a fantasy. And Hemmer has not been affected, but the guards are looking for something. And he needs to find out what that is. And he's thinking, you know, maybe if we can find out what they're looking for, we can solve this and get out of here. But before he can do that and, co- and connect with Hemmer, they take Hemmer and they throw him, you know, into the dungeon.
2: Yes, and they want the Mercury Stone. This mysterious That's what Mercury they're looking Stone. for. Yep.
0: Yes. And the person who's looking for it is someone named Queen nev now we don't know who that is yet we don't know where that name came from except for the book but we need to find out who queen nev is and why she wants this mercury stone and what is it queen
1: nev will be keeping wizard caster here in the deepest part of her dungeon at the center of her realm surrounded by her most powerful forces and weapons
2: so doctor the doctor gets with um, pike who's playing his, whatever his character's name is. Right. And, they, and they're strategizing on how to get him or back. Are yeah. we going to do diplomacy? Or are we going to do brute force? And, <laughs> uh, Pike's <laughs> like, I like
0: diplomacy. That's me.
2: <laughs> yes. And, and Ortega's is you know, ready to go in, pull out her sword right. and start, yeah. you know, She's <laughs> named slashing her sword. Her Yes, yeah. yes. So I was just like, oh, my gosh. So it uh, she st- slowly started uh, growing on me, you know, with yeah. her insistence on wanting to fight every <laughs> at every yeah, turn. So um, so they go with diplomacy, and they decided to, you know, t- t- to take this, <laughs> basically this Wizard of Oz quest to go yeah. get Hammer back. And then along the way, they bump into Spock, who's Pollux the Wizard.
0: We're like, okay, who's Queen Nev? Let's find this out. We turn a corner as um, Pike and and Mbenga and the crew uh, finally come upon Queen Nev.
1: Welcome to my kingdom. Now, kneel before me.
0: Yes, of course. And it's, of course, Uhura. Cadet Uhura, right. And she looks great. And I like her performance. I think it was really good. I think she played a queen really well. Yes, and she wants that Mercury Stone.
1: Where is the Mercury Stone? Could be anywhere, really. Let my torturers drag its location out of you then.
0: Right. So she's like, okay, you kids are going in the dungeon, and and Pike's kind of grateful for that because um, he doesn't want to be killed. So... You know, cut to down in the dungeon. There's really no B story here. You know, there's just this through line. I think that's what's different with this episode than what we've seen is this is a one note story. We're just following one, you know, a crusade throughout the whole thing. I, I, I mean, uh, this uh, Lord of it?
1: the Rings quest.
0: Yes. And and, and Benga's in almost every scene. Uh, so he had a big deal this week.
1: Hammer, am I glad to see you. Are we the only two crew members who are unaffected?
0: Uh, But they're down in the dungeon, and what's funny is that Hemmer's, excuse me, um, uh, Mbenga is talking to Hemmer like two crewmates, and the other two are sitting in the background just kind of watching them talk and not really realizing that, you know, they're talking about something different and occasionally Ortega's, you know, butts in like, what, 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 what are you saying? Yeah. They're
2: just speak, basically speaking a foreign language between the two and they're talking tech, yeah. talk and strategy. And
0: right. these other
2: people are taking up words and like, what are you talking about? Right. Right.
0: And, <laughs> so this and, is a running joke. And, yeah. And it's time for a new twist. And this one is not a big twist, but it's important to the story. And that is Hammer reveals to Mbenga that at the time of the, uh, the jolt and the, and the power surge on the Enterprise, he felt a consciousness, almost a telepathy, trying to get into him. And he kept it out, which is a little bit shades of Una keeping out that force uh, in episode three, was it? I where she fought that it's off.
2: Two or three. Two or three yeah. where she fought off the illness. Right. Right. But he's able to because he's telepathic. Yeah, so we've already right. established that he has these extrasensory abilities.
0: Yeah, those little things on his head, you know, obviously have something to do with that. Um, but after a couple more little cute humorous moments with Ortegas, he just produces a little tool that says, you know, I'm going to cut through this. Everyone cover your eyes. And they go, Come why on. aren't you, every, you? Every
2: engineer, Every engineer. engineer walks around with a tool.
0: Of course, that's true. And he goes, cover your eyes. And they go, why aren't you covering yours? And I thought he was going to say, because I'm blind. But he goes, because I'm a wizard. Which was so... I Abracadabra. Now to, yeah, exactly. Now I'm starting to like it a little bit more. I'm starting to warm up to it.
2: Yes, I, I wondered his performance, because I was just so happy to see him not be
0: so serious. <laughs> yeah, and I like him serious. But yeah, this was this was kind of fun. And and it's interesting how he warms up to Mbenga, who reveals to him that it's his daughter and he's like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna help you. Don't worry, we're gonna find you. And suddenly, he's this empathetic creature. And I think because of maybe his telekinesis, he's able to maybe feel Mbenga's pain. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, we don't fully understand
2: all of his abilities, but um, we got a chance to see him funny. We got a chance to see him um, wild, wild, <laughs> yeah, wild, <laughs> wilding out a little bit, unpredictable. And- unpredictable and and, you know he played into it so uh, I,
1: i i welcome that once inside i can block the door that should give us time to
0: access the ship's scanner array uh
2: so now you know they're out and they're you know wanted they're all headed to uh engineering
0: right and suddenly of course they run into everyone again and they're trapped again and so another cute little fight
1: i have armed myself
0: Ortega's finally gets her sword fight. Yeah, she gets her sword <laughs> fight. She's—I'm always fascinated by people who sword—they have a sword in their hand, but they use the butt of it to hit them. I just use the pointy end, put it right in mm-hmm. the person. That's what I do. <laughs> you know, that's the point of a sword. Why waste time with this? Yeah, why, why waste, waste time? time? Yeah, because yeah, you, you need it, a fight scene.
2: You Got to have a fight scene, and you know, this is also the same week over on the. Uh, on the Star Wars side of things, that uh yeah. was a, a battle a battle ensued with uh, yeah. lightsaber play. So I think uh, the goes. Star Wars the Star Wars Star Trek universes went head to head with their sword fights this week.
0: Yeah, I as I'll always go Trek first, but uh I am a fan of, of Star Wars.
1: This isn't over. Yes it is. It's happening. Who's this? Mira the Huntress. She's an ally.
0: Una shows up. Okay. Deus ex machina. At the last second, she's hooded, kind of like Green Arrow, and Green shooting, Arrow, was, Robin you know, Hood, yeah. yeah, just pops in, starts shooting people, a- with and arrows. and Huntress from DC, right? And she, she's like, "I'm Zamira, the Huntress," and it's like, okay, now it's getting a little weird again. But uh, okay, let's just keep rolling with it because they needed that to bring her in. Yes.
1: When I scan the nebula. I find evidence of a single life form, including brain activity, and yet there is no sign of a physical body.
0: Now we get a chance to let Hammer really do the real work. He's gonna scan, and he scans a consciousness in the nebula. Yes. There, there, and and he, ca- he goes, have you ever heard of Boltzmann's brain? A Boltzmann brain is a theoretical, spontaneously
1: generated consciousness. And maybe we have just
0: encountered one. Yeah, and,
2: spontaneously generated consciousness. And I th- I just thought, oh, huh, OK, this is new now, for me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't look this up. Is that a real thing? Is that because the, I, I, they seem to, you know, in to Star Trek Next Generation, when they ran across the Dyson sphere in the episode Relics with Scotty, that was a real theory by a real guy named Freeman Dyson. So I'm wondering, I have to look this up. Is there a Boltzmann brain of a spontaneous consciousness?
2: Uh, yes, it is. Yes, I'm looking at Wikipedia as we speak. Ah. uh, The Boltzmann brain thought experiment suggests that it might be more likely for a single brain to
0: spontaneously form form in a void. Wow. So just a brain forms. Well, that's weird. I got to look. I got to read that more. Uh, So, wow, they really they really reached out for that one. I think that's great.
1: Hold on a second. Something's wrong here. This is not how the story goes. The two of you. Adia, Zymira, you don't even know each other.
0: There's a little bit more play going on because they realize that the story's changed a little bit because um, Una and Ortegas say they know each other very well, wink, wink, but in the story they're not supposed to. And I think that's where they're like, well... What if we hurt the king? Maybe that'll help. And it's just they start thinking, how can we fix this? And now they're kind of involved in the problem, which I think is interesting.
2: And because um, Ortega's and Number One's characters know each other and they don't in the book, this is the first time that the Doctor realizes that there's some changes at play. Yeah. And there's a flaw in their story. And so ding, 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 there's a connection. Uh, Rakia is the connection. Is, is the connection. And yeah. he realizes that in that moment because she did not like the ending of the story and she wanted right. it changed, and so that was the big tip off.
0: That yeah, the, and, and the, the
2: entity—the entity took the story from his daughter, not right.
0: Not. And that's and that seed was planted early on when she said she wanted to change it. Where is Rokia? She's gone. But now Mbenga can't summon her. I think this is a good plot twist. He doesn't know where she is,
2: right? And this is this is where I, I'm 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 now fully sucked back in because I'm like, oh my oh my god, he's lost his daughter. She's not in the pattern buffer uh, when they go back down to sick bay, and so you know you, you you see on his face that that despair. And here we go once again. I've been drawn in as a as as a dad, and you know feeling his pain because you could see it all in his face. I mean, I would I would panic not to have my daughter i mean my my my, my son rather um, right
0: because he, he's al- he's always known where she was he's always known that you know even though she's sick he knows she's safe there in that pattern buffer and when they start to put two and two and two together and they realize hey listen this story's being influenced by her but she's missing i start thinking is she the entity is something going on? Have we <clears throat> stepped into a fourth dimension? Uh, weird, right? But right, but, but, it, but it's also- great.
2: It's great because now, now we have questions as viewers. I, have, yeah, you know, I'm sitting here questioning. Now I'm invested. Now I want to find out. So we
0: realize that that she's accurate,
2: actually the Mercury Stone.
0: Yeah, and that's found out because uh, Spock's listening, or rather, Pollux is listening in. Uh, we realize that that's what they're trying to. Uh, look for and of course spock takes that back to Ahura slash queen uh, nev. queen queen nev and you know now it's now it's time to you know to to pay or play in a, a sense they they throw pike down in front of nev and she's like so you know do you want to die or do you want to live do you want to serve me what do you want to do
1: no, 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 no! no, I'm too young to die. Oh. Please, I beg you.
2: Yeah, you know, we've already picked up from the very beginning that he's probably self-serving. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, always going to be a, about him protecting yeah. himself, and so he 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 takes the knee.
0: Which which to me makes me worried a little because I feel like this season Pike has really been chill, and i I don't want it to. I don't want to think that pikes worst instincts are to be cowardly i would hope that it's just the character um but in the beginning he's like isn't this better than just fighting all the time it's just staring at stuff so maybe that was just kind of the the nod to that i i just i'm not sure i'm just worried i don't want pike to be too diluted i want him to be a tough guy when he needs to be
2: right and you know maybe that's going to come in the um two ending episodes because... Let's hope so. End of the season, (laughs) you know? He's got to step up.
1: There's got to be something big coming. My quarters are down here. Uki always said she wanted to see them. Your Majesty, I am so glad to see you alive and safe. No thanks to your cowardice.
0: Mbenga and Hammer are free. The rest of the crew's free. Uh, Pike's on the dark side, but they're going to go and find... His daughter, who is the Mercury Stone, and they're in the corridor. And who did they run into, Anthony?
2: Queen Dev, the betrayal, the, the Trader Pike. And, Trader uh, Pike. And Spock.
0: Right. And, uh, who is Pollux, who, again, didn't really have a big uh, part in this. I You would think he would have maybe fought uh, Ortegas or, you know, or or Hammer, maybe that because they're they're supposed to be brothers. Yeah, maybe
2: he's tired from last week's punishment. pinch pinch fight that he had yeah. on the
0: bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like Fox, step back. Um so there they are. It's kind of a standoff. And well, who who makes it funny and this is really funny, is Hammer steps up and he plays the part of the wizard just brilliantly.
1: Mm. Oh. What are you doing?
2: Abracadabra! and and I loved it I loved it it would it it actually worked for me you know where other things didn't this one actually his 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 portrayal of the wizard you know actually worked for me and so he abracadabras himself and I didn't know what he was gonna do actually I was like yeah, okay, so well, how going, gonna woo! get us out of yeah how are we gonna get out of this yeah
0: and he's he's moving his fingers around and and even and Benga's like, What are you doing? And he's like, Don't worry, I got this. And he points a couple times and then he suddenly he just pops open a communicator.
2: And beams him out takes, of the corridor.
0: <laughs> yeah, he takes his magical spinny finger, presses one button, but he says to them, I'm going to if you don't step back, I'm going to transport you to the dark evil place. Like he threatens them. And even Pollux, who's played by Spock, says don't listen to him. He's lying. And he goes, oh, am I? And then that's when he does the whole thing. He presses the communicator. And what does he do? He transports them magically uh, to Cargo Bay 12, which is uh, probably just as bad as the evil uh, dungeon. But there we go, right? So so now Mbenga is free to find Rukia, and he enters his quarters, and there she is.
2: Right, because he remembered that uh, in their conversation at the beginning, you know, she said that, you know, she wanted to see his quarters. And he said, one day you will. And lo uh, ah, and, and right. behold, that's exactly where she was.
1: Daddy, you made it.
0: Right. She's dressed in, you know, a beautiful princess type gown. She's lovely. Her hair's different. And, you know, she's so happy to see him and he's so happy to see her. And... He says, he scans her.
2: Right, right, he scans her and she's free of illness. I mean, I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, how did this happen? And she says, you know, my friend made me better.
1: No friend. She woke me up when we've been playing. I could see you, Daddy. You did such a good job. Did you have fun? I did. But it's time to stop playing. Can we put everything back the way
0: it was? And so now immediately we know, okay, that's the nebula, that's the entity. And my mind starts spinning because we've seen this episode before. The nebula becomes friends with a child, but the nebula has ulterior motives and uses the child and child's curiosity and naivete to get access to whatever.
2: Exactly. These entities befriend children because they're so... Uh, vulnerable and innocent, gullible, and, and, and yeah. gullible, the whole kickaboodle. And so you, you're left with, okay, well, is another shoe going to drop?
0: Yeah. And, and that's when Mbenga says, listen, who, who's this friend? He knows it's the entity, but he's curious as to how she's cured. And is it going to last? Is it going to stick? Okay. Can I talk to your friend?
1: It doesn't really work that way. Perhaps I can be of some assistance.
0: So, Hammer, sensing that he needs to step in because he's had this um, connection before, enters, and uh, he says, "I'm going to go ahead and attempt to connect with the entity." I love it. Before Hammer connects with the entity, he's like, "Just please be gentle." Right. So, <laughs> yes. and then he gets you know infiltrated. And, he, and the entity speaks through Hammer. You must not take the child. I
1: need you to stop this fantasy. You're putting my crew in danger. The needs of, of your you crew are inconsequential. You, you must protect the child.
2: This entity has basically taken his daughter's... Well, physically, but, but, but primarily her consciousness. When I probed your ship,
1: I felt her imprisoned in Yon Shin. I sensed her loneliness.
0: All it really wants is the child. It's a really kind of a lovely gesture. It's not a weird, creepy gesture. It doesn't want to take over anything. It it wants to take Rakia and give her a life that the doctor can't.
2: Right, and the entity is lonely. So it's it's a little bit self-serving as well. He sent, he sent the entity senses that the daughter's lonely because she is lonely. She has this very lonely existence. And here you have this, this consciousness, this entity is lonely as well. And so they've, uh, you know, struck up a friendship.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's a great echo from the beginning of the story where the king has to make a choice. Now this is where I'm going to deviate from my appreciation of this particular story. Uh, I had the same problem I had with Interstellar, which I thought was a great movie, but I have two daughters and if I were Matthew McConaughey, I never would have left the planet and left my kid alone. Now, I know it was vital to the story, but I'm not about to leave my nine-year-old alone while I go off into space. I either take her with me or I stay and die with her. If I leave, the child will die. You must make a choice. The crew or oh, your daughter. In this case, too, he's given a choice. Uh, keep his daughter, keep her in the pattern buffer and slowly watch her die and give her no life at all. Or actually let her go with this entity, who, by the way, he doesn't know from Adam. He doesn't know anything about this entity, who his daughter has named Deborah. <laughs> his late wife. His late wife, her late mother... And he's got to make a choice. Now, I, my choice would have been, you're staying with me until I find a cure. I'm not going to let you go. But it's up to M'Benga. Remember I told
1: you you could write your own story someday. But it's up to you. I want to. Okay, brave girl. I love you, Daddy.
2: But his daughter also plead it with him.
0: Well, well, she not only pleads with him, he says, ultimately, I'm going to let you make the choice, Rokia. He lets his daughter make the choice because he knows, you know, the entity is saying she'll be happy and healthy and safe here. She'll never know pain or death or anything like that. Right. She'll never die. She'll never die. And so he lets her make the choice and the daughter says, I want to go. Now, I, I also find that just hard to believe she asks kind of insistently dad can you go with me he's like no i can't and then she's like okay i'm gonna go and i don't know i guess maybe because she's constantly tired of being put in the pattern buffer and brought out and the dumb stories over and over again maybe she does want this adventure and i guess maybe it does make sense but to me i can't imagine a father-daughter splitting up like that i don't know i just i didn't see it
2: no it's 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 a good question but i mean if he's been doing this for years with her and and you get the impression that it has been years and every time he pulls her out, she's moving closer and closer to death. There's no guarantee. Yeah. There's no guarantee yeah. that he could ever save her. But here is an opportunity and eternal life for her.
0: Yeah. And again, I, my, thought, my thinking when I was watching it was, well, wait a second. They're on the Enterprise and they're, they're exploring strange new worlds. You're telling me they're not going to come across a cure soon, eventually, somewhere? They came close three episodes ago. You know, yeah. So I'm I'm screaming at the TV for this, you
2: know? Yeah, but you're thinking of it as three episodes ago. This is Enterprise, blah, blah, blah. You got to take yourself I out know, of that and, and plop yourself in actually in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah. know. I know,
0: and I was too close to it. So she decides to go. It is a lovely moment. You um, got me. I can see why he did let her go.
2: Yeah. And this was the best so part she... of the episode for me. I mean, it actually touch me in a way you know and it 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 was was touching
1: hello daddy thank you for everything you were right i've been creating my own adventures
0: surprise surprise she goes away and within five seconds her spirit comes back into the quarters and rematerializes as a young woman she's now probably 10 years older
2: Yep. Yeah, what was moments for you was years. You know, what was moments for, um, for, for, you, for you, years, There you know, yeah. were years for me and she's yeah. explored the galaxy and traveled all around with the entity and everything. And they've, yeah. she's learned so much. And so, you know, he gets a chance to, to see, you know, that she's living for lack of a better word, her best life. I'm happy. I'm safe.
1: You did the right thing. Someday we'll see each other again. I know we will, but you have to live your own life now.
0: Yeah, right. And you wonder if she's going to become a traveler like Wesley Crusher.
2: You know? <laughs> All of a sudden, Wesley appears. Who the hell are you? Yeah, it's like, hey, nerds, what's up? Uh, <laughs> hey, nerds. Hey, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm laughing. I'm coughing here. That would have been, been hilarious. Sick. Wesley
0: Crusher Hey, appears. nerds, do you guys want to be on my, my show? I love my pot- show. You want to be on my podcast? <laughs> no, he does, uh, he does a really good Show the ready room. Yeah, he does. He Uh, does actually. Yeah, you know, uh, he's
1: he's he's really, really good at it. Chief Medical Officer's personal log, supplemental. None of the crew remember what happened.
0: So things go back to normal. Hammer wakes up, and of course has no memory. And frankly, no one does. No one remembers the missing five hours that took place. Joseph.
1: Rukia. Just fine.
2: She's alive. She's safe. Number one you know, goes to talk to the doctor. He he says I've experienced something re- you know really amazing, yeah. and then she's like, "Yeah, they were miss- they're five hours missing in the logs."
0: Yeah, and she goes, "You know what they were?" And he says, "I do. It's quite a story." Which you know, bookends the like whole thing. Story. Yeah, yeah. bookends the, the a whole time. thing. Yeah yeah it's it's a it was it just look it just was not as um icky and uh, what am I thinking of uh winch crunching uh as I thought it might be it was it had a heart it had a soul it was pretty good yes and that if they had carried on like
2: that any longer it would ruin the whole thing but there was yeah. a point I, I I mean honestly I feel that they could have used a better vehicle. Then the fantasy, fantasy land, candy land, whatever yeah. this was, whatever it was I, I think that part well, of, part of it mean, was a look, fail
0: for me. You know, there was, you think about, I agree. I don't like, like Kirk, you know, was Caesar. And you think about the episode Fistful of Datas where they're in a Western town. They've always, Star Trek has always put their characters in strange situations with, with silly, uh, you know, wardrobe and I think it's unavoidable. And I, I also think, you know, we've been so spoiled by the first seven episodes because they have been flawless that there's fans out there that really love this kind of fantasy stuff. They love the, the role play and, and the, and the wardrobe and the medieval knights and all of that. And so this is a tip of the hat to them as well. And I, yes. I, and, I, I and, 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 is
2: a, is a big tent and I can, I can, yeah. I can appreciate that. I can't, you know, every episode can't be the same style or, right. you know, you burn yeah. out anyway. So it was fine. I mean, it, it wasn't my necessarily my forte, but it ended yeah. in a way that 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 was moving and touching to me. And then at the end of the day, that was the whole point.
0: And that's what made it, you know, good for me. Right. Uh, well, OK, so it ended well. And um now, Dr. Mbenga moves on and becomes a more functional member of the crew. And, Anthony, I think uh, if you're okay with this, we can count down our top three moments of this episode.
1: No, 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 no. I'm too young to die. Um, I, please, I beg you,
0: spam me. Okay, I'll start with my number three. Uh, I got to say it was Pike's performance, Anson Mount's performance, Um, I I just, even though I didn't really love that he was a coward, I loved the way he played it. His little asides here and there were great. And I just really enjoyed it. Even though I didn't think I wanted to enjoy it, I did.
1: Abra! For
2: me, it was Hemmer. I really enjoyed seeing a different side of him, uh, mm-hmm. another layer to this character. So that, that really worked for me. I was just like, okay, all right then. You know, I appreciate that. And his his jokes yeah. were on point.
1: Her Crimson Guard captured my throne and imprisoned my subjects.
2: I mean, I scarcely escaped with my life, not to mention my poor little wonder. Uh,
0: my number two was La'an, uh, being the crazy princess with the dog I just, she just chewed up the scenery and sucked up the oxygen. And as far as I'm concerned, stole the show. She was great. I was so pleased to see that actress do what she did and to play that character that way. I loved it. Loved it.
2: I will give that a second on that. I'll second the, your number two. You'll second I, my second. I'll second your second. Number one. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, What'd I'll, you like about it? Uh, no, it, it was just it was just uh, again re- uh, refreshing to see her play um, uh, play it a little loose and and have fun with it. Um, and she still reminds me of drummer from um, the Expanse. I don't know if you were I, an Expanse not, fan,
0: but uh, I, I wasn't. I have not seen Expanse.
2: Uh, Just look up the character Drummer. Uh, It's another Asian actress. They almost look like they're related. Like, Drummer could be her
0: mother.
1: Remember I told you you could write your own story someday. But it's up to you. I want to. Okay, brave girl. I love you, Daddy. Uh,
0: My number one this week uh, was the relationship... Between Mbenga and his daughter and the full circle that it came not only in this episode but in what we know about them and for him to let him go even though I didn't agree with it even though I didn't like it I really felt it and I really appreciated that whole story that was my number one
2: well I can't deviate from that because I've said it from the very beginning it ended in a way that moved me and I was almost brought to tears because I just put myself in that same situation Could I let go of my my son and, and, let him, and let him go for, for his yeah. benefit. And right. so, um, like you said, uh, the story came full circle. They paid it off, so the writers did a great job of carrying an arc throughout the entire season that ended in a very, very good way. Here's a sneak peek at next week's episode of Strange New Worlds, Episode 9, All Those Who Wonder.
1: That for Lieutenant Duke. No, I didn't realize you were so jumpy.
0: Here's what I like about what they're doing with the preview of next week. They're totally stealing from the Marvel end of the credits extra scene idea. It's just a minute and a half of one scene that is very uh, mysterious and cryptic. And you don't really know what's going on. In this one, this week, it's Spock. He's looking for something. He hears a strange noise. And he sees a hole, presumably, in the bulkhead.
2: Uh, yes, but there's a trail of blood on the ground. Streaks of blood. And I was like, okay, are the Gorn back? Oh, you know, Is this round two of the Gorn? Because remember in that particular episode... Um, there was uh, trails of blood on the ground, as as if people had been dragged. Um, right. So I I don't know I don't know what's going to happen in this one, but I you know with the title, all those who wander, is this what happens to all those people who wander off the beating path? They 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 get taken and beat up and drug off, and there's a blood trail. I don't know. So Maybe. Yeah, but it's it it's spooky. It's intense. So I do get the impression that these last two episodes are going to be uh full throttle it's going to be probably action-packed probably intense um with high stakes
0: yeah i, I you're right it's dark and, and it may be a two-parter you're right i think that could be it if i know that they're doing episodic but it does make sense And if they're going to make the gorn kind of like this ep, this season's borg then i think they're on the right track
2: Well, we will see, we will see. So two episodes left, the season's almost over. Um,
0: It's it's
2: been fun, it's been a fun ride and they've come in uh, the right way. So I'm ready to see how they're gonna finish.
0: Me too, and uh, we're not gonna be done. After this season is done, we'll be coming back with other Star Trek shows which we'll announce on our last episode. two weeks from now.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's it for this episode of Energize. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Anthony McLemore.
0: I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper.